This episode of the Be Real podcast is brought to you by Amina Altai Coaching. Amina Altai is a leadership and mindset coach to high achieving women who are ready to take their work and lives to the next level. She helps you break free of people pleasing, perfectionism, and poverty mindset to claim your purpose, find peace, power, and prosperity. She has been called the fairy godmother of careers. She is an expert in residence for Entrepreneur Magazine. She has shared her wisdom in goop.com, NBC, and more. If you're ready to connect to your purpose, release perfectionism, and free yourself of imposter syndrome, use the code BEREAL, a value of $150, and schedule your free clarity call with Amina. Email Haley at AminaAltai.com to schedule your session today. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Welcome back to Be Real. It's me, the co-host, Diana, with my co-host, Anisha. The co-host. The co-host. Okay, that was new. A co-host. Okay. <laughs> a co-host. The co-host. A, a person here. That's me, Diana Gasparoni, Anisha Salisbury, LCSWs. Oh, yeah. Host, hosting the podcast <laughs> about mental health and various other other goodies mental and physical and spiritual well-being um, out here working in a pandemic yeah but yeah I mean, you, we've you, been doing it we've been out in these streets girl, working. on your side of the river there's a pandemic <laughs> on this side it's over we have a lot to we have a big episode today um but before we get about, started oh, we'll get to it we'll get to that yeah get we'll to get it. to it we'll get to before it before we get to it let yes. us tell people what is up what's go um what's the 411 we are going to keep at the 411 we're going to keep that as the thing in honor of our girl our girl mary j blige, mary j. blige. Mary hashtag mary j hopefully she's listening to today's <laughs> podcast because we're talking about getting tickets to go to the show yes we're yes. having our mary j yes. lodge moments yes. we She's are barclays it. we're thinking about going i know. Uh, we talked I think, about I the, the population research. that goes to her um her shows it's <laughs> and us. how they know every song and it's we us. do too so mm-hmm. we should be there 
it is singing along. Us, singing along, singing along, singing along. So Mary J, yeah, that's our Mary J moment. She'll be at Barclays on November 18th. Apparently I'm proud. <laughs> Today's what's going on with me is little press for Mary J. Blige. Uh, at Be Well next week on Tuesday, we have our wellness talk, monthly wellness talk with uh, Vanessa. Yes. I'm afraid. I'm excited. I'm full manner. Full, yeah, I said her name right. I hope I yeah. did, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that you can find a link to that on the uh, website under events, sign up on Crowdcast. It's navigating boundaries uh, in a relationship. So it's very all great for the holidays, really important very information. Very timely. <laughs> and also sign up for it if you're interested in the topic and you can't go, you'll get a recording of it. Uh, after it's over and you can watch it whenever you want so please go there and sign up yes um and uh that's all we got going on <laughs> i mean we got a fit we got a we're gonna we got a photo shoot going on at buell tomorrow so like we'll have new pictures and new fun things but that's not yes. an event. that's not an event for the public well i am super duper excited but super duper stressed for my first event for black woman be whole Yes, it's our like brunch. It's a self-care, Black girl joy inspired brunch. So it is actually next, um, the Sunday, the November 21st. Yes. So uh, we actually are going to do two brunches, right? Because we know that some people are super early. So we have one from 12 to 2. And then we also have one from three to five. Um, and it's an amazing time to just kind of connect with other Black women. Um, start to talk about what you're looking forward to in 2022. And also, um, how are we taking care of ourselves? Because I know, I don't always practice what I preach. (laughs) Yes, I practice taking care and self-care, self-care, self-care. But some days my self-care, yeah, it's not great. So um, we will be doing that. So if anyone out there is interesting and is listening, it is November 21st. And I'll see if I can get my producer to put it in the show notes. We'll Maybe he'll help me show. out. We'll see. We'll definitely put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, but where do we go to get to? It's on Eventbrite. Oh, thank you. Yes. Can I, is is there a link in the bio on Instagram? Yes. There's a link okay. in the bio at Black Woman Behold on Instagram. Thank you. Yes. Okay, cool. So if anybody wants to come, we are more than welcome to have you. We are super excited. And I do know from hearing about the ones in the past that they are super fun we'll probably be singing the mary j blige song i mean because that's I, what happens when black 100%. women get together when women get together <laughs> when women i don't get care together. who it is actually exactly when women but get together speaks, and listen to mary j blige she speaks to the soul <laughs> she to every last one of us every last one of us and cha- i'm going to change the mood um so we as anisha mentioned we started this podcast in a pandemic mm-hmm. um and the first week of lockdown the day, actually the day that we made the decision to start working from home. I left the office and went and met my friend Brick and his boyfriend Brian at a hotel. And they uh, stayed with me for four days while they navigated New York and uh, as things were shutting down. And he was our first guest on our podcast. And- uh, he passed away and it's really, he like very sadly, um, immediately had late afternoon on Saturday, had a heart attack and, um, 
it's not in my it it's there in my brain um mm-hmm. and uh because he's not like in my everyday life but he's yeah. been in my psyche uh the friend his beautiful dear friend is my beautiful dear friend for over 30 years now uh so and rick and dennis have been friends for over 35 or 40 years so uh i don't know that she's ever told me a story without his name attached to it and uh it's really it's a huge loss to the world um he was a beautiful person and um yeah i'm just sort of moving through my own feelings of loss and life and what it what 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 it means what to do the sudden the finality of it the suddenness of it um yeah and my heart is cracked wide open uh for my friend Dennis and her family and the huge like he was the person that was in and out of their house like every day like no key like there like what that um what that means to her and her family and her children. And it's just really, it's unbelievable. Um, So this episode is for him. Uh, He and his love of people and life and family, he was devoted to his mother. And we also met regularly on zoom for the first like eight on Friday nights for the first like six or seven months of the pandemic. So we were like, and his, it was obvious his caretaking for his mother and the people around him. There's a, there's a, a Facebook memorial for him that is just gut-wrenching on how he touched people's lives. But he was devoted to his mom and would be there. Regularly, she was older. I think she's older than my parents. And today we're going to talk about uh, caregiving and aging parents. Yes. Um, I want to say thank you to you to, for bringing him into my life. Um, he was such a bright light when he came on. And yeah. it was such a rough time. It was so much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually made me feel really good. I remember the day, right? Like it was felt very confusing. Um, but having him on here, he was so engaging, such a bright light, um, brought smiles, you know, to everyone's face. So, yeah. I'm sorry. He was so happy when he when we asked him to come on. He was like, "Yes." (laughs) Like, sat his chair, got it together. Like when the episode dropped, and he like listened to it, and he told all the people. It was hysterical. It was really fun. Um, Yeah, and I reached out to uh, his boyfriend and spoke to like through Facebook, and we've had Mm -hmm. like a back and forth about his time in New York and. Uh, what that meant I think it was like his only time here and wow um just being able to be part of that it is just yeah he was really a special guy um and he made you feel like loved instantly which is just like I love people uh, like that I know you have a little bit of that a little bit you do you do (laughs) I don't but you do (laughs) takes me a minute to warm up (laughs) yeah I'm jumping right in (laughs) I'm meeting people I'm jumping right in yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can feel that. Uh, Rick was like that. He was really like in it. Yeah. And I do want to go and hug my friend. So I am going to go figure out how to get down there to see her and hug my friend. And, you know, as friends, we have to do that Mm -hmm. because you don't know how much that will mean to someone. Right. Until you actually do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I know it'll mean a lot. And I think it reminds me of this episode, like the caregiving. You don't know how much it really means to the person that you take care of, but it does mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> how do we move right into this episode? Right. Okay, let's take how a do breath. We move into this. We're gonna take a breath, inhale, and exhale. Ooh, little old yoga teacher slip back in. Ground down into the soles of your feet. Breathe through the soles of your feet to the crown of your head and exhale slowly through the lungs and release. I'm through, Diana. I love it. I've never taken one of Diana's yoga classes. She was no longer teaching yoga when I met her. But I wonder, would you still teach a class? Um, I taught, well, when my friend Mel got married, we all, um, she was going to teach us yoga. and. Uh Instead, we all like this, the room there was like half yoga teachers. So we all took a shift. Like uh-huh. I did the intro and the standing poses. And then we t- tag teamed. I actually tag team Liz. I tagged her in. I sat mm-hmm. down. Then she tagged somebody in and she sat down. It was cool. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, it's in there, you know, inhale. It doesn't go away. Exhale. <laughs> breathe in. Send the heart forward. Breathe out. Shoot the feet back. Well, yeah. One of like your one of your it. clients are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, hey, so how do we incorporate that into our sessions? <laughs> Indigo 108. Indigo 108. Indigo 108. I got an answer for Diana's that one. like, not me. Not but. me. Not me. <laughs> I have, though, I do have a few patients that practice yoga and sometimes they'll talk about like injury they have huh? i've t- i've definitely tweaked a chaturanga or like given some tips on do how they to know handstand. I, some of them do like i uh, i know i have one long time and sometimes i'm like okay i'm gonna just put on my yoga teacher hat for a second <laughs> and i'm like you can do that bind you just it's just whatever <laughs> yeah 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 it's fun i just started going back to class too in person which has been life-changing nice mm-hmm. we're getting back out here some of us slowly but surely and someone like me not so slowly my sister was like I think how she so my sister is not vaccinated well one of my sisters I have many sisters but one of them is not and she was like I think I want to get vaccinated just because you seem to live like this amazing life because you're vaccinated I was like oh yeah girl I'm on planes I'm out here living my life. I don't know about what you're doing. Every, now, but every time vaccinated for people this, are out here. <laughs> every time we say my life in this episode, you know, I got Mary in the back of my head. My life, my life. I'm not going to sing, y'all. It's just going to save you from that. Okay. <laughs> but yes, so I got this topic life. today. It feels like um, it's about something that life. should get talked about. <laughs> well, not only because it's, it's representative of my life right now. But because of the amount of people who are out here taking care of their parents, right? Like caregiving is a huge job, is a huge role for a lot of people. And I got a little statistics. 
Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm going to let her give you the statistics and then um, we're going to move into the feelings after. So I'm just going to sit back and wait. I'll probably have something to say along the line while she's going. Diana, you got to do your thing to kind of intro us into this. Into the statistics? No, you didn't tell us to grab our tea and sit back. Oh, sit back, what grab happened? your tea and have a listen. I'm so sorry. Right, here we are. We're going into the episode. Sit back, grab your tea and have a listen. I was sipping my tea. I don't always drink tea, even though I think you should drink more tea. And I, I think we're just moving fast today, y'all. We're a little all over the place. Just a bit, just a bit. Mm-hmm. Just a bit. It's been that yeah. kind of week. Yeah, it's been that kind of week. We now know that mental health is equally as important as physical health. That's why Be Well Psychotherapy has created a space for personalized pathways designed to fully support your particular journey of being human. We provide both in-person and virtual sessions where clients can make real, authentic professional relationships with a therapist in real time. We ensure our clients feel completely secure regardless of their mental health concerns. The first step is understanding the benefits of therapy and next is finding a resource that can speak to your specific goals and needs. Our diverse all-female staff serves 500 patients monthly and are dedicated to fostering growth and change in each session. With offices in Midtown Manhattan and Hoboken, New Jersey, we are here to make sure that everyone has easy access to the best of mental wellness on their own terms. Because maintaining good mental health is something we all need to be doing for our overall wellness and real growth. So book an appointment today at bewellpsychotherapy.com. Taking care of aging parents was super common before COVID and maybe even more now. Um, So there are over 40 million unpaid caregivers of adults ages 65 or older in the United States. And nine out of 10 of them are providing care for their aging relative, the majority actually caring for a parent. Um, Among caregivers of older adults, uh, most provide help to one aging adult, but there are 22% of people out there who are providing care to two people. And those 7% that are providing care to three or more are the real MVPs out there. I'm not really sure. I am providing care for one person and I feel like I am drowning every day. So I'm not sure how. They are taking care of two or three people. Um, that would be, you can't work full time. You couldn't. Take care you, of yeah, people. you wouldn't be able to do that. Um, Although, because I mean, sixty-one percent of people are employed who are caregivers, right? Um, and half of those people are working full time, like myself. Wow. A significant share of adults age sixty-five and older of of that seventy-five percent service caregivers for another aging American. These adults who themselves are advanced in age. Um, are the second most likely age to age group to be a caregiver. So basically you have caregivers who are over the age of 65. And I think Diana, you said that your mom is actually helping to care for her brother, your uncle, my brother. Uh, Yeah. My uncle. (laughs) Right. And so she's someone who is over the age of 65 and who's actually caring for another adult. Yes. Uh, yeah. So she, and my, my father has something to do with that too. Like they, uh, I found out recently that, um, they go and get him. Mm-hmm. 
he's no longer able to drive. So uh, somebody goes and picks him up and then brings him back to my parents' house on Sundays. They all watch, they're big sports people. So they watch, okay. they watch some sports all day. And they're, no matter what the Sunday, there's mm-hmm. always something on to watch. <laughs> and then uh, they have dinner and then they drive him home. So they definitely do that weekly and uh, helping him with like, medical things and moving and things like that. So she's really involved in his care. I think a big part of that, that you just described is just keeping them company. Yeah. Right. Like that's a huge part of caregiving, giving that I don't even think we talk about that part of just trying to be there for a person and keeping them company. And in the, in the, in, in COVID uh, he was Mm -hmm. a very social person. Mm-hmm. before COVID like he that was his thing like he was out and about every day he doesn't cook he uh eats all his meals out um it was devastating for him and like you could see the anxiety and he is uh mid 80s okay um and forgetful and uh losing his independence and his autonomy which is really uh, so difficult and he's alone so they are keeping him company I may have mentioned it on a podcast before but in the pandemic my dad had two strokes and my dad recently turned 80 so um again I have many siblings let me just put that out there <laughs> I am one of seven yes, <laughs> I am number four. four I'm not even the oldest I'm nope. the middle child the decision had been made. It was a consensus now. Like we all met on Zoom, right? I had everybody on Zoom. Hey, dad needs to leave rehab. This is going to be the situation. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help. And um, I, I think that even if my siblings are listening, I don't think that I've gotten as much help as I thought that I would. Trying to juggle um, caregiving for an older adult. And I think that there's parts of our job where we are taking care of people, right? We are holding space for people. Yeah. Um, and so now that's what I do basically all day now. Yeah. Like I'm holding space for someone else all day, like from the day from my work until the night. And caretaking is a 24 hour co- job, right? Like I am making appointments. Um, I'm taking him to appointments. Um, I am feeding him. I am bathing him. I am keeping him company. Um, I find myself staying up at night, like late talking to him just because I can't talk to him through the day because I'm working all day. And so just that feeling um, of knowing that his life is no, my life is no longer mine. And in some ways his life is no longer his. It's changed so much from what it used to be. Mm -hmm. He was used to being around friends so much. And he's, he's, um, I'm partially bedridden now. So yeah. that makes it really difficult. And I know he misses his friends and I can see it. And um, yeah, he had, yeah. you just had that birthday party for him. He had some, he's got some good friends. <laughs> yeah. And it was such a good time. Cause it was a surprise guys. Like he had no idea. It was at like a cool restaurant. We were outside cause it was in the summer. He thought that he was just going to dinner with me. And he was like, well, where's your mama at? <laughs> Well, my parents, well, one, they're not together. However, they are very close friends. So we all hang out. We do family vacations together. So he's like, well, well, can your mom come with us? And I was like, well, she said she has something to do. He was like, well, it's my birthday. 
And I was like, all right, I'll invite her. I'll tell her to meet us at the restaurant. So he had no idea. We pull up to the restaurant. The siblings are there. Our friends are there. His friends are there. It was just really nice. He was just very surprised. And it felt like it was exactly what he needed. So I was grateful that I can do that for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, it had been hard. His whole life changed in a matter of months. And I think that that's the thing about being a caregiver is that the emotional part, right? Of kind of holding space for that person if their life has changed and, you know, to see them sad, I think that's hard for me, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I would say that he is depressed. And so to feel like in some ways um, I'm responsible for like perking him up some days and making him smile, um, it could feel very heavy. I mean, as an observer <laughs> on your situation, you are doing, I, I'm, you're doing an incredible job balancing all of it um and I'm just looking back in these notes where the statistics are Uh uh-huh not not my part of the outline (laughs) but it does say here an average caregiver to a parent can spend between 50 to 400 hours per month depending on the living situation uh I think you're leaning more towards the 400 hour mark I am we live together He, he lives with me yep and I, mean, I guess um, I don't really think about how many hours there are in a month that often. Um, yeah. My life is about how many sessions. <laughs> oh, uh, thank you. Mr. Jackson has just let me know there's 750 hours in a month. I mean, <laughs> well, if, if I'm, if I'm doing about 400. <laughs> well, right. I mean, in the other, the rest of the 350, you may possibly like, maybe you'll get some sleep. Maybe, maybe. but you work. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you definitely work. You do and you do direct service. So it's not like yes. so it's one on one with a person. Mm-hmm. And then you know, you're creating a you're starting a business. Yes. Which as somebody <laughs> who runs a business, a small business, that's yes. no small task. And you take really good care of him. I think I mean, it's he's so not being he's not being neglected by any stretch of the imagination. My favorite was because now for the listeners, so I am the cook in this relationship, mm-hmm. <laughs> the one that likes the kitchen, but she's gone in there. You've definitely gone in there and, you know, tried some stuff, but the way that you, you found a food service mm-hmm. that would bring you delicious food, like the things that you've created for systems to allow yourself to have a, a little bit of a, a, rep- a reprieve when you can, because I mean, he eats three times a day. Yes. Let me tell you guys, I make eggs. I make grits. I mean, biscuits or maybe waffles. I mean, like, listen, I think someone said like, you don't give him frozen food. I'm like, no, no. I'm like, no, I actually cook a full breakfast in the morning. They're like, and I, and I do 8 a.m. sessions. Let me be very clear guys. So like I am up cooking a full breakfast at 7 a.m. And you do make like the first time we were on the phone <laughs> that having one of our seven in the morning calls, I was like, you're like, I'm going to figure out how to make these grits. I don't know how to make these grits. And I was like, I think, I don't know if it's, um, if it's that hard, but <laughs> you have figured it out. You have figured out how to make the grits. I mean, and living in New York, I'm grateful because I've, I had two bedrooms. Like I had another bedroom. Right. And I think that that becomes an issue is space. 
right? Especially for us who live in New York City sometimes. We don't always have the space. But I guess because I was the one with the most space, I guess, the free space. That's how it happened. But I'm not really sure. I think that was the setup by my siblings. Well, it is. I mean, <laughs> I, I definitely have given this some thought because I have been at <laughs> at a party or two with all of your uh, <laughs> with all of your siblings. Um, and there are quite a few. Yes. But you are also the person that he is, well, you closest to his environment I mean he didn't mm-hmm. have to leave his environment I mean he's right yeah I live a couple Harlem. blocks away from him guys yeah <laughs> so <laughs> it worked out well I think too it's hard it's hard to move to a new neighborhood when I mean when you're over 25 to be honest but <laughs> like <laughs> um but to like up and move and and learn how to get a Ground. I mean, this is also speaking somebody with like, I, I know I've mentioned this before that, you know, backing out of the driveway can get me lost. So, um, and then as you get older and mm-hmm. like you have your routine and what is that like and um, having to learn new systems and does he, I mean, does your dad even like, he, even if he did drive, he wouldn't be able to drive. So it wouldn't be like he could go someplace else where you can't just like walk to the store if he was mobile, but he's right now he's not mobile. I mean, he was driving up until like maybe last year, maybe two years ago, he was still driving. We were in Alabama and, um, he got behind a wheel. And can I tell you, like, he was going fast. Like, Wait a minute, daddy. (laughs) You like 78. If you don't slow down, I mean, the turns he was making, I was like, I don't know. He was having fun. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it felt like. It felt like he wanted to be a street racer. I was like, I don't feel safe. I feel like I'm in a video game. Like I went out. (laughs) So yes, Uh but yeah, no, you took Um, him again. You took him recently, didn't you? Yeah. mm -hmm. This past summer you took him to Alabama. Mm -hmm. I'm taking him to Florida at the end of the month. So that's the other thing, wherever I go, just about. Okay. So the rule is if my mom and I go, he goes. If I go, she'll stay with him. So I do have a bit of a brief. So like I do have the help. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that with the job of being a ta- caretaker, um, you sometimes you just need physical support. You need emotional support. And I don't know if everyone um, gets it. There's a lot of time consuming activities. I think that my, my, my siblings aren't aware of. I'm not sure what they think happens here. Like I, well, I, like I don't think unless you live it, you really understand it. I don't think people really understand the life of a caregiver. Mm-mm. You are actually responsible for another person and maybe parents, right? Like you're responsible for a child, but to be responsible for an adult, it's very different than a child. Yeah. Well, there's, it's because the trajectory is different, mm-hmm. right? Like with the child, you're raising a child and, you know, with the intention of, releasing them into the world into the world right off yes you go off you go my little my little <laughs> my little duckling Woo-hoo! which is a side note if anybody saw the meme uh, the duck running marathon but we can get back to that because i'm not okay, so talk I... about it yeah I, is it real <laughs> i don't know okay because it seemed I, like it was but I, I don't have know. to know i have to know if it's real that being said the duck leaves um i mean you can is it about a duck dawn so I think our producer is going to jump in to our story and add some stuff. He's going to um, jump in. He does not have a story about a duck, 
But anyway, come on in, Don, because I was going to say the trajectory with the child is that they're going to go out into the world and there right. is, and with a parent, you are giving them a better, as much of a better life as you can for the rest of their of life. Of their life. Yeah. Right. And that's a much different feeling. I mean, it's so, um, it's just the whole, the, it's a shift. Like, even as we talk about it, like there's a shift in the feeling as we start to talk about like what the trajectory is of taking, of caregiving of a parent. It is just to make them comfortable for this quarter, as my mother refers to it. Cause she right. does, she does talk about her life. Like it's a football game. I'm in the fourth quarter. It's that's interesting. Cause I was talking to my dad it was yesterday, actually. I think I burnt his food. In between, like when I had my break in sessions, I was like, I made some food and I burnt it. And then I burnt, like, I burnt food twice yesterday. So I was, I was, I was, I was struggling yesterday. And he was like, listen, don't worry about it. Just keep me alive. That's it. I was like, what? I have to do more than that. What do you mean? <laughs> he was like, listen, give me food, just enough to keep me alive. Like, I'm fine. If there's a little burnt, we'll cut it off. I'll be fine. I'll eat it. And I just felt horrible. <laughs> Like you, you deserve good meals, damn it. <laughs> but that is very sweet. I mean, he's uh, like, if anybody's cooking for you, it doesn't matter what age you are or what you're doing. You should be like, you should just be grateful. Every time the plate yeah. is put, put down in front of you, you should be like, oh my goodness, somebody made me. Like if, if you've gone out of your way to make a meal for somebody, it is right. the intent, the intention behind it. Most, most of the time, unless it's poisoned is love. <laughs> love. Even if it's burnt is love. Exactly. Mr. Jackson. Don, what's going on? Just to kind of circle back to what you ladies were talking about with, not um, the duck. not the duck, of course. Um, I mean, I'm sure there might be a duck in this story, but not in the one I'm telling at least. I was tasked with helping taking care of my father when he had a brain tumor. And, you know, towards the end, he was really bedridden and to the point where he would have accidents, you know, and I remember this one time he had, I had a flashback or flash forward, however you want to look at it, uh, to when I was, you know, cleaning up my son, I was, he had an accident, you know, and he was a newborn. And I remember, you know, there was a couple of us and we were, my dad was a big man, but, um, so we're trying to, you know, remove the diaper that he was wearing and cleaning him up. And, you know, it was just everywhere. And I remember bringing him towards me and he whispered into my ear and he said, I'm so sorry, son. And I remember in that moment saying to him, you did this for me. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of us, you know, there's that component where you're the caregiver and the roles are reversed to where you're taking care of your parent or your loved one as they were taking care of you at that age, you know, except a smaller age. But, and I think the difference sometimes that we forget is what's different from a kid to when you're taking care of an adult is an adult's felt the freedom of a life. A kid didn't. So there's not that pushback with them. There's not that, there's not that in their mind, that sense of I'm missing out because I know the freedom I had before. And I think it's, it's the same coin, but two sides, the, the struggle a caregiver has to go through 
and not just that, but the, the struggle that the person that you're caring for has to go through, I think is an interesting kind of dynamic. And, and I think the one thing I'd, I'd like us to kind of talk about next is, and Nisha, you kind of touched on a little bit is that frustration that you have. And it's hard, I think, to not feel a little guilty about being frustrated. I think, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I think that the frustration comes when, for me, that I can't do everything, right? And sometimes I question, like, if it feels like I'm supposed to be able to, like, this is my dad. He loves me. He's taking care of me. Why can't I do it all? And I think that I do feel a little guilty, but what I appreciate is that he sees it and we have a real conversation about it. And I think that he gives me that, maybe that recognition that I need sometimes, like you're doing a really good job. Like, I need you to know that. Like me just being here, like in some ways is enough. Like you brought me into your home and you had a life before I got here and you are doing the best job that you can. Like, and he'll say like, thank you for just keeping me alive. And it feels like I want to do so much more, but then I have to understand that I am limited. I am limited. I I can't do all of the things all the time. But I think that you want to give so much. You want to be there for them in the ways that they were there for you. Um, but it, that's a full-time job in itself when you already have a full-time job and all of these other responsibilities, right? So you can't do everything really well. And maybe understanding that I can't do everything really well. I'm doing the best I can. And he knows that. And maybe that's what I really need to know. And if you're a caregiver, maybe you just need to know that the person you're taking care of knows that you are doing the best job that you can. And they're grateful. I appreciate that when he does tell me. And he says, thank you often. And, you know, we laugh about, you know, the things that he can't do anymore. And, you know, and we cry about the things that he can't do anymore. Also, we do both. Yeah. It definitely feels like a thankless job until he says, thank you. And, you know, we kind of really talk about the change in my lifestyle since you know he came to live with me so um yeah but there is some frustration I think you're emotionally strained like you just you know sometimes you're emotionally spent um I guess how do you support people who are caregivers and do we do enough to support them or do we think that like it's not it like they got it not a big deal I think some people we think like it it definitely depends on the person Mm mm-hmm and if they're expressive about what they need, yeah. I mean, cause sometimes we'll, you just don't know. I mean, you can assume that it's taxing. Mm-hmm. I have, I have this very good friend from high school, oh, third grade. Let's go all the way back. Not even high school. We did go to high school together, but it is, uh, she's a nurse and she was, she worked in a nursing home when we were in high school. And like, it is second nature to her to, be like she took care of her aging aunt she is it just is her who she is in the world and she actually wrote her dissertation I'm pretty sure pretty sure she's not listening if she does listen she'll tell me if I got it wrong but she wrote about uh caregiving caregiving the elderly and uh being with them when at dirt at the end at the end yeah. of their lives and what that's like and how to really as a nurse from that lens how to really be with the patient and I think that um I mean that is a very special soul 
very special being and also an important conversation i think that i don't think we have enough around uh around death i mean we as in our profession we look at i mean hopefully we're there to look at life and how to how to live your life and maybe uh maybe for the most part unless death is in the room we don't really talk about it right i remember remember uh remember millette i don't know if she'll be listening yeah. either mm-hmm. but that was she really her patients were she really worked with people who were dying yeah and that's what she that she wrote a paper on <laughs> like she definitely that was like her thing that was a choice that's that what was she a wanted choice. to yeah and were, i remember yeah. saying to her that i couldn't like i didn't know how i really didn't know how to supervise her because it wasn't it wasn't where i how i how who i how i am it's just mm-hmm. like not it like it's just not it um and uh but the work she did was really special so um and then she went and she found a community of people buddhism buddhism mm-hmm. um who uh could really support her in that and help her navigate that conversation but it is a conversation especially now where as we live longer um and may need more care and we are uh also not really a society that is set up for the elderly or um aging and um it's a very i mean we're a very as a culture sort of independent we don't all i mean you were fortunate that you lived a couple blocks away from your parents like i live six hours away from mine and what that's like like how we set up our lives and um what the expectations are and i mean the way that nursing homes and things like that are set up or not not that loving and they're so expensive they are they are and i think that there is a part where people would rather be with their families if they could yeah Right. But I think the beauty of a nursing home is that there are people that are your age, right. That are going through the same thing that you are going through. Right. And so they have an understanding that I don't have. Um, They have time to spend with each other. Right. Um, That I don't have. Um, And so it could, it could really be a beautiful thing, but I do also understand that he wants to be next to his family and, you know, and I'm like, please have your friends come over. Cause I, I want him to have his community. You having poker night over there. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was, when I was away recently, his friend came over and I just want him to continue to have the community that he has. He had, excuse me. And I don't want him to feel isolated because he is here. So mm-hmm. then it's like, my house is your house. Um, yeah. Well, you that's have to just make it. sure you extend that. Right. Like, and let him know that like you have full reign, please have your, your friends come over. Cause I, I want you to still feel like there's a resemblance of what you used to have and who you used to be. Um, but for all the caretakers that are out there, like you do have to be wary of burnout. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, cause anxiety and depression will come on. Right. I think that um, you'll feel just very tired, easily irritated, angry. I think I've been through all of the stages. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> you have you have yeah you, you just you go through those a, you, right you bounce back though you do i bounce. do you i do, do i'll have a moment 
And then like, I'll put on some music and me and him will be in here. And I'm like, all right, dad, you got to get up and dance. He's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll try. Get up, get up. <laughs> um, so yeah, for the caretakers that are out there, ask for help. I think that's one big thing. Like we have to start learning as a society, as people to ask for help when we need it. There's no reason for you to be out here drowning if there is someone who could throw you a life vest. Like we really have to be able to ask for help. And so I have been able to reach out to my siblings like, hey, can you take him to the doctor for me this week? Hey, can you bring over food this week, right? And so, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, if you can get the help, you gotta ask for it. I guess that's the real question. If you can get it, if you have people around you. Mm-hmm. And if it's not family members, ask your friends. People are willing to help, I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to ask. Just ask. Just ask. And keep asking. Like, don't, like, just people understand. You got to keep asking. And, you know, if you have that feeling that this is maybe feels unfair, that you are the one to have to take on the role, I get that too. And don't, um, I guess don't, don't, don't feel guilty about that. You get to, um, you know, wish that you could say no sometimes. You get to have that feeling. Mm-hmm. You do. Well, you're doing an amazing job over there, girl. He is very lucky. Thank you. I think we're done. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think, I think we we're to, done I, today. I think we have to stop here. I think, I think this is it. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy choice to when you decide to become a caregiver Mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't even really realize that you actually have to, you don't get a lot of opportunities to make the decision if necessary. So it happens quickly. Normally it just happens very quickly. Very quickly. (laughs) And so I think the takeaway is to really, really take care of yourself Mm -hmm. in all of it. And in honor of Rick Hall, hug your friends. Yes. Hug your friends. Please. Um, and we're going to stop here and see you next week. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.